Voice Live from CES is an official event within the greater CES program, where the world's top brand leaders will share insights about how they are engaging customers through voice-enabled devices in our homes, cars, hotels, and more. To learn more about how you can be a sponsor, speaker, or attend Voice Live from CES, visit voicesummit.ai slash CES. That's voicesummit.ai slash CES. Ten thousand people are turning sixty-five every day, and over seventy percent will need long-term care. The older adult population is also one of the biggest adopters of voice. Today, you'll hear Speak to CEO Matt Smith talk about the specific use cases his company has created for the assisted living community, what the problem was, how their voice software works, and how it's changing the lives of residents and providing a large ROI for the companies that use it. Hi, Inside Voice podcast listeners. This is your co-host, Carrie Roberts. And today my guest is Matt Smith, the CEO of Speak2, a company that was also a finalist for Best Healthcare Experience at the Voice Summit Awards a few months ago. So welcome, Matt. Thanks for being here. Thanks. Very happy to be here. So healthcare, as we know, is one of the top spaces using voice technology today, and especially within the older adult population. Why do you think what may seem like the least likely group of people to adopt a new technology is also the group of people using voice technology the most? That's a great question, and it's a funny point that we come across all the time being in the elder care space. Seniors actually have embraced technology in a way that is probably surprising to people who aren't around seniors a lot. They have Facebook accounts. They use dating websites. So they are a big adopter of new technologies mainly because they're looking for ways to engage that they don't currently have. Voice technology specifically is a great technology for seniors because it eliminates the two biggest barriers to using screen-based technology, which are uh, tactile issues and visual issues. So, you know, even if someone is completely lucid and living in an assisted living home and they can communicate and stay on top of things as much as anyone else, it's still hard for them to use a phone or a tablet to engage with technology, to do a search for news or to listen to an audiobook and things like that. They, they don't like to use phones. So voice gives them that very easy way to ask for things, whether it be something on the consumer level like an audiobook or listening to the news or a flash briefing, or if they want to engage with their community for asking for services or just to interact with their family as well. So voice eliminates a big technology barrier for seniors. And as it's emerged, we've seen that seniors have adopted it very handily. And your company, Speak2, works primarily with the assisted living community space. Why is this space such a great use case for voice? So what we've found is that in the assisted living space, the residents in these communities don't really have a good way to make requests of their community. So the current way that they get anything out of their community is some sort of emergency system. They might have a pendant that they wear where they press a button or they pull a cord on the wall and it sends an emergency signal to the facility that the person needs help. These are intended to be emergencies. So to have a voice assistant in the room that allows them to engage with the community in a specific way. So if they want something done with the TV or if they have a spill or if they want food or to be brought somewhere or the temperature isn't okay, they can actually just ask for that specifically using their voice and that community now can respond to that request 
more specifically, which lowers nurse time, which is the most expensive resource in an assisted living community. So now think about, you know, one in every three requests are for people that do not need to be providing healthcare. So a maintenance person, a concierge, front desk, resource, uh, housekeeping, food services, they can all now be interacting with the resident for what they need rather than having to send a nurse only to have that nurse find out that it's not the nurse that they need, but they just need someone else within the facility. Yeah. And your website had mentioned that 10,000 people turn 65 every day and about 70% will need long-term care. So this is a great place for voice to be. Can you talk a little bit about how your company works with the pull cord system and describe what a pull cord system is for those that don't know, and then take us through the process of exactly how Speak2 works. Sure, sure. So pull cord systems, we, what we generically call pull cord systems, are systems that are in a person's room so that they can alert the staff of an emergency. So in many cases, in some of the older buildings, it literally is a cord to the wall that might have like a little red knob on it. Um, and there's usually one in the bathroom and one in the bedroom. And they pull the cord and it sends an electrical signal to the front desk and alarm goes off and they can see by you know, a red light on the desk, which room was it that asked for the help. These have been replaced in many situations with uh, pendant systems where it's something that a resident might wear around their neck. And now instead of having to pull a cord on the wall, they can actually just press the pendant wherever they are. Obviously, if someone falls or has an emergency, they may not be able to get to the wall to pull on a cord. So the pendant is, is much better. There's actually a little bit of a stigma to wearing the pendants in these communities. So that's another reason why voice is so powerful, because obviously they can interact with an Amazon Echo Dot or a Google Assistant from anywhere within the room. The way our system works is we collect requests directly from the, the smart speaker. We route them through our cloud-based service to the appropriate people within the facility. So they'll, you know, if someone says, hey, I'm hungry, Alexa, tell speak to that I'm hungry, an alert will go to food services. And depending on the sentiment or the details around that request, they may get more information. They might say, I'm hungry for a snack or I'm hungry for a meal or what's on the menu today. And it can actually read the menu to them. So there's a whole voice interaction that can take place to get more specific requests to the right people. And it's all just based on our cloud-based workflow. The way we interact with the pull cord systems and the pendant systems is pretty simple. We just interface with whatever the existing system is, a signal is sent in addition to sending the emergency signal to whatever their existing emergency system is, we also get a signal in parallel so that if someone's walking with one of our devices and they may not be in a situation where they're hearing the alarm or they're in a space where maybe they don't have their beeper, they'll still get the alert in our system. And the real power of it is that we're now combining all of the voice requests with the emergency requests as well. So we're able to provide better statistics to the, the resident's family and to the facility so that they have a, a broader picture of what's being asked for by the residents in their facility. Yeah. And can you share with us some of those stats? Like what's been the most common thing that people are asking for or need help with? Oh, yeah. It's interesting. You know, it depends on the time of day. There are a lot of requests just to have the temperature changed, to have, you know, something moved within the room or to be helped in and out of a room. You know, we have a lot of people that might be in a wheelchair or just afraid to get up. They feel a little dizzy. So they just need someone to come and, and help them get, gather themselves and maybe get in their wheelchair or just walk down to the front desk or to the common area. So it's typically just concierge type services that don't require a nurse. It's I'm cold, I'm hungry, 
I want to go somewhere. We also field things like, you know, what are the day's daily activities? So most assisted living homes have a pretty full schedule of activities because, you know, the reason why people are in these places is so that they can stay engaged and stay active. So we have a way for the facilities to actually input all of their activities. So probably our number one request is what are today's activities? And then we can actually be very proactive because when they ask that, we can kind of set off a little trigger that says, okay, this person in this room typically likes the flower arranging activity we have every two weeks. They asked about it again, let's, let's make sure we go up and get them and they don't even have to ask. So it's a pretty interesting workflow from end to end. And do you have any feedback from the residents of these facilities about how using this technology makes them feel? One of our best cases, and I can't use the name of the facility or the person, but we had a woman who, when we trained them and got them all up and running, she looked up at us with a beaming smile and said, this changes everything. The feedback has been tremendous. You know, the, the number one thing, as I mentioned earlier, isolation is a big issue in the senior community. So to provide a way for them to engage better with the facility and with their family, it just absolutely changes their whole outlook. We have a feature in our platform uh, called Speak to Family, where we provide a way for an entire family to communicate and build a little story for the resident. So, you know, if you have a millennial walking around and they're texting all day, we have a way that they can text a little update, you know, hey, I'm in Pittsburgh watching the football game or, you know, Jimmy scored a goal last week in soccer. And we provide that as kind of a story that we build over time. And the resident can say, open speak to family and it will read them that story. That's been transformational as well because now seniors are now hearing all of these updates from their family that they normally wouldn't get because they're not gonna get a phone call every day or every week. It's hard to email, they're not gonna communicate in that manner. So to just be able to hear all of these family updates and provide a simple way for the family to make those updates has also been really transformational. So. We're just seeing a lot of engagement, a lot of people just telling us, hey, this changes everything for me. Now I can actually communicate better. I can talk to my family more. I know what's going on. Now when they call, I can have a much better conversation. So it's really rewarding. Yeah. And I think, you know, that just speaks to the power of voice as a whole about it really can make people feel less lonely, actually more connected in a lot of ways. One of the questions that a lot of businesses ask all the time because voice is still new for a lot of companies, is if they're considering to invest in voice, they always ask, what is the ROI on voice? What has been the ROI for your clients? Um, I know you talked a little bit about the nurses, but can you talk about more about what people have gotten in return from using your service? It's basically kind of two ends. You know, one is just lowering costs. So you know, the ability to actually lower the amount of uh, nurse time that's spent on non-health events means that nurses are focused more on things that matter and it actually can lower nurse headcount that's needed. Nurses are so sought after in this community. It's almost like you can, they can never find enough nurses to cover the shifts. So the ability to actually have the staff answer requests and not require a nurse, it actually lowers their costs. So if you can eliminate one nurse per shift, that's a, a huge savings. The other aspect of it is actually driving more revenue. So there's two sides to that. One is uh, just to differentiate a facility. So you talked earlier, 10,000 people turning 65 every day. There's a big demand with the baby boomer community, which is a, you know, a wealthy and growing population, to get why would someone choose your facility, your community over someone else's. So this is a big differentiator to say, hey, we have technology that you're going to have more engagement. You're going to get better services. 
Uh, you're going to have all, all of these types of things which differentiate from the, the facility down the street. So that drives revenue. But also even on care plans, depending on the state, some states regulate you know, specific care plans for their residents. So if someone's supposed to have two visits a day, but they're getting seven or eight visits a day based on how many requests they're making, we can measure that, which actually drives more revenue to the facility. And again, they can be very proactive because we can actually put some artificial intelligence on this and say, hey, based on these conditions, this time of day with these types of residents, this is what they're going to want. And that drives down costs quite a bit. Well, I thank you for sharing that because, like I said, that is probably the most common question for people outside of the voice space uh, considering this. And you're really giving a concrete example that you've seen over time in the last year or so with your business. Where can people learn more about you or your company if they want to connect or ask questions? Sure. Well, you go to our website, speak2software.com. I'm on LinkedIn, although with the name Matt Smith, good luck finding me. But if you search Speak to Software and Matt Smith, I'll come up in a, in a couple different spots. We have a Facebook page and you can always get in touch with me directly through any of those mediums. And uh, we're always happy to talk to people. We feel like we're evangelists in this space. So it's not just about trying to get people to understand Speak to, but just getting people to understand how great voice technology is and how much it can help people. We'd love to have more people reaching out to us to talk about it. And what is a skill or flash briefing or voice experience that you are personally really enjoying right now? So, yeah, I'm a little boring. I mean, I, I love Reuters, you know, for my flash briefing, it's kind of just straight news without much opinion, which is tough in these days. My favorite is probably Curiosity Daily, which people don't know about Curiosity Daily. I would highly encourage them to add it to their flash briefing. It's really interesting stuff and is a really great departure when you're reading the news and thinking about work and, and all the hectic things in life, it just brings a really fresh sort of twist on things and, and gets you thinking about things in, in a different way. So Curiosity Daily is probably my favorite flash briefing. Well, thank you so much, Matt, for sharing your story and how this can work in a great case for people to be thinking about in the future. So thank you for being here. Great. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Inside Voice podcast. We greatly appreciate you being a part of our community. And if you enjoyed this episode or you like the podcast, we would love it if you would subscribe, follow, like, share, leave a review of the show. If you have any questions, comments, feedback, people you want to see on the show, things you want to learn, feel free to send us an email at kerry at modev.com. That's K-E-R-I at M-O-D-E-V.com. And be sure to check us out online at voicesummit.ai. Thank you. And we look forward to chatting with you next week.